best, never let it rest until the good becomes better and the better becomes best. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Craig Steger. We have Jonah in studio with us today. We have an exciting episode for you today. Um, you're going to have a hard time keeping these two schoolboys <laughs> from giggling our way entirely through this one. Um, what's What should the title of this one be, Jonah? I don't know. You could pick later. Okay. But uh, so this, basically, I was thinking last week... Uh, about an episode Craig did uh, where he talked about whether marriage could be a near occasion to sin. And uh, so last weekend, we went to go visit my in-laws uh, in Chicago, which is about five hours you know, away. And I don't know how to say this, but well, I'll just say it. Um, so Dolores, I believe she was ovulating. And it's something that I can always pick up on quickly uh, when it's during her fertile time. And I, part of it is a look in her eyes that is different that I can't explain, but I just know it like when I see it. And uh, there may be some improvements in mood or whatever, but it I don't know what it is, but I can sense it intensely like I just have this intense desire for my wife during that time and um it's something that I just it's difficult to ignore and it's something that we're actually in a period of abstinence right now because of a, a reason that's valid and um so it was a very frustrating situation and I thought about you know what you had said about whether it's a near occasion to sin and it was painful so like we're driving home on Divine Mercy Sunday of all days. And, uh, you know, Dolores is wearing a dress and she just looks so beautiful. And I was just, had such strong feelings for her that it was just painful the entire ride home, terrible. And uh, so I got home and I was like, I wonder, you know, why this happens, you know, like I can sense this every time. Uh, basically, I, I sense, I. I would think that there's some sort of uh, pheromone involved. And they say that that's only in like lower order animals um, and that humans have lost those characteristics. And they say that there's some organ inside the other, you know, mammals' noses that allow them to smell pheromones. But maybe I've got like, you know, Cro-Magnon DNA that's kind of hanging around or something like that, you know, because I can sense something. I'll tell you that. You know, and so then I started looking at the, the literature about whether or not men can actually sense, you know, when a woman is ovulating or if I'm making all this up, but I, I feel it every time. And, uh, you know, and, and it could be that these are cues that, you know, we did natural family planning, you know, right away. And so maybe I have over time become like Pavlov's dog, you know, <laughs> like where... I know it's about that time and these are the cues, you know, and that is possible too. But I, I feel that there is something else that I can sense as far as some sort of biological uh, indication that, you know, she is uh, fertile. So hold up. Uh, are you, 
if you want to share this, are, are you are you actively charting as well? So are you know what's going on? Uh, Not anymore. Okay. Uh, Dolores knows. Okay. All right. So I didn't know if you already knew. No, I did not know that. Okay. Oh, I had no, no, I didn't okay. know. We didn't. Okay. Know true, that. true blind test. Then. It's, okay. a, it's a true blind test okay. every month, but I I get it right. Okay. <laughs> I like. I have to tell you. <laughs> no, you know, and so then I started looking and. During ovulation, uh, women's voices do tend to raise in pitch, and that is attractive to men. There is, uh, you know, different types of uh, body odors that supposedly become attractive. But to be honest, I don't smell anything. You know, like, I don't know if I buy into that. Like, there was, uh, interestingly, uh, there is this study by Jeffrey Miller in 2007 from the University of New Mexico. And so he wanted to see you know, whether or not like humans had lost, I believe it's in his abstract there, estrus cycle, you know, like uh, compared to other animals. And so he thought, you know, that the best way to study this really be to look at lap, uh, exotic dancers, you know, and uh, how he obtained funding for this. And I don't know, like, you know, so if you're going to study human evolution and, uh, you know, Fertility cycles, would your first thought be, I want to study exotic dancers? Maybe it's hanging around with them. I don't know. Yeah, like, uh, I'll take one for the team here. <laughs> Humanity. Yeah. He had two other collaborators, which were both men, just <laughs> to be fair on this study. So he uh, did quite an exhaustive study, I'll say. Um, he had 18 dancers record their menstrual cycles, their work shifts, and their tip earnings for 60 days. Um, so they their total work over that time was 5,300 lap dances. <laughs> so they, what's interesting is, oh, and um, they said that when they were fertile, they earned $335 per five-hour shift. And then when they were, uh, oh, during the luteal phase, that must be intermediate, that's 260 bucks a shift, and then $185 per, per shift during menstruation. So the pay in hourly rate did correlate, or in shift rate, I guess, did correlate with their fertility, which... It's kind of wild to think about, you know, it makes you think there's other things going on there as far as like, you know, men finding fertile women attractive, I guess. Well, and I, I did not study that art, the article itself, but I read the other um, article that had, excuse me, cited to it. And there was some suggestion that perhaps the dancers perform a little better. Uh, during that time period too, I wonder if there isn't some evolutionary benefit there that uh, when when a woman is is ovulating, if nature doesn't allow her to be more seductive uh, for that self protection reason to find a mate. I don't know, <laughs> but it would make sense. Um, I don't know, but either way, the guys are tipping more at that time, at least, you know. So then I thought that was kind of funny. And then I started looking at other articles and there was uh, another article that said that men rate their partner more attractive uh, during ovulation. And they also rate themselves as more attractive during that time too, which is kind of funny because, uh, you know, 
the odd thing about that too is is this weekend i remember i looked in the mirror like oh i look pretty good <laughs> so i don't know so if it increases vanity that's gonna, another near occasion to sin. i was just gonna say when your wife is is ovulating you're more likely to fall into vanity <laughs> but i don't think that's one of the seven deadly sins that's a yeah i i i kind of doubt i'm that vain you know i just it was just a thought you and i have no reason to be vain <laughs> sure <laughs> So then there's other factors here, uh, like another study found that men uh, find dilated pupils attractive in women. And they also found that women's pupils tend to dilate during fertility, but only in response to photos of their boyfriends. Really? So that's interesting too, because it makes you wonder, like, I mean, like, I really only feel this desire for my wife, you know, so I don't know, I don't, you know, and it makes you wonder if it's a proximity thing, you know, or like I'm close to her you know well like if it is because so here this i should just get to this one before we talk about that there there was this article that came out in plus one where they had women wear the same t-shirt for three days during their you know during ovulation and they cut it in half and they cut out the front the back and the armpits out of that and they had men smell it and they did some tests and uh they found that when men smelled the section that came from the chest, it lowered cortisol and from the back increased testosterone. And so they, they felt that it made a cocktail of like, you know, this sensory chemicals that uh, would basically stimulate men. And so I'm not sure if that's what's going on, but uh, I'll tell you what, Dolores was just amazingly attractive. <laughs> even more so than usual even more so than usual that's what i told her yeah and you know i she said you're just putting the moves on uh, she was fine with it but like i said we got to stay for right now okay but, yeah. uh i wonder um you mentioned that you don't experience this with other women uh maybe you're not smelling maybe you're not close enough to smell yeah, not, yeah. I, I wonder if I wonder if um, our partners, whoever we're intimate with, if they have their own unique smell that maybe you develop that ability to, yeah, to, to perceive the unique you know, odor or whatever, whatever's being given off by your, by, by your regular partner, as opposed to random women. I don't know. Although, although the, um, the, the strip club suggests that maybe that's not, but I guess they are in close proximity. Yeah. Because that was just, uh, I believe that was only during lap dances. That was not okay. anything else that goes on there. So yeah. that would be a pretty intimate act, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know. But then there is, interestingly, if uh, if you're on birth control, and this is from a different peer-reviewed study, that totally eliminates all those odors that are attractive to men. Maybe that's why you don't notice other women too. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even speculate on that. Now that would be any kind of hormonal birth control. I, yes, I believe just like oral contraceptives. I don't know about like IUDs. I would doubt that. Would I mean I don't know, but well, if if it totally stops the okay. cycle, I would think that that would be basically the same thing. Interesting. Um, I mean, I don't know what the statistics are, but I would say statistically the majority of adult women 
are probably on hormonal birth control of some sort. I don't know. Second, Google is helping <clears throat> us here. Should ask Chat GPT. It's thinking here. Um, so from 2015, 2017, uh, 65% of the 72.2 million women aged 15 to 49 in the U.S. were using contraception. It doesn't say oral contraception was 12.6% from that group. Mm, so uh, not, as, so not as high as what. Okay. Uh, it lists female sterilization as 18.6%. What do you think that that really means? Tubal ligation, I suppose, or maybe hysterectomy. Almost 20%? I would be surprised. I would be surprised by that. Condoms were 8.7%. Well, and so then if you take into account, so that was 12.6% for the oral contraception, um, long-acting reversible contraceptions, you know, like uh, Depavera, I think, is 10.3%. Uh, so that'd be 22% of the population. And then condoms were 8.7, which... I assume that doesn't... Inter that, that's not going to do much for the woman's... Uh, okay. Um, yeah, so... So, I think this is just a reminder that People that are doing natural family planning, especially the guys, have this is RX plus stuff here. Like you are doing the hardest work. It well, you know, and I don't know if this is true for all marriages, but I kind of think that there is, you know, just suffering is kind of built into marriage in different ways. And uh I don't know, man. All I can say is that when uh, she's ovulating, I can tell, and it is—it's uh, just something you think about constantly, you know, for a while. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. I can't explain it. And uh, and I don't know if you compare this. Does does abstinence during periods when your when your spouse is not ovulating does it seem worse during periods when they when they are ovulating? Does uh like the the feelings or yeah. desiring? Does the abstinence feel worse? Oh well, yeah. I mean, you know, like it's... I, I mean, if you let's say you have a let's say you for whatever reason you have a two week period where you're not able to be intimate, and one of those two week periods your wife is going to ovulate, and another week she's not. You know, maybe. Oh, I totally would be different without a doubt. I I am a thousand percent sure of that because uh, there's been different times where like. Uh, we couldn't for different reasons and yeah it 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 makes a difference like it's basically like i would say that i can tell for about five days you know around that period of time where like <sighs> you just feel just more of a desire to be intimate and it's yeah and you mentioned that the one study the t-shirt study talked about how it affected was it cortisol level in men yep so that's a stress hormone and uh, you know men that have high cortisol levels are uh, stressed you, you can lead over time to health problems and uh, men that are um, happy have less cortisol um and so i wonder i mean i'm assuming that part of this uh, maybe it's addressed in these articles. We'll post to these articles uh, below, but 
did it is it your understanding that part of this is these smells create some sort of a whether it's a chemical or hormonal response in the man so that now his body is changing i don't know if he's increasing testosterone or if it's a cortisol changes is making the desire stronger for him that is what it sounded like in the article and like as you know in my personal experience i uh can't smell anything you know like i just can't but i sense it and and uh so you don't ever sense when your wife is ovulating well you're the anonymous one here it's a lot nicer on the side of the camera yeah you could say no comment that's fine i i will say that You've said a lot of things on that side of the camera. I'm surprised that this would be the one that would like, you know, <laughs> stop you. I would say that for, for our experience, because we've had a lot of children and my wife's been pregnant a lot and nursing a lot. Um, we've, we've been fortunate that because when my wife nurses, she just, it takes a long time for her to be um, fertile again. We just, you know, I just, I don't have a lot of, um experience with abstaining during you know, your birth, poor guy y'all just <laughs> no experience with abstaining well oh <laughs> cry me a river over there <laughs> this is me this is not the point i was trying to make <laughs> but it since you brought it up uh i'll i'll defend myself as best i can i I think this is another episode. I think that, I think that, and I think I may have mentioned this on another uh, one of my episodes, but I think abstaining when you quote unquote have to feel, and you're both sort of stuck in that feels different than when you're abstaining because mm -hmm. circumstances or one, one spouse doesn't want to. I think that abstaining when you wouldn't necessarily have to, but you are, feels like it has its own added psychological Sure. Uh, wait to it. I can see um, that. We'll have to talk. We'll have to talk about that in another episode, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, but you know, I, it's just there's. It's one of those instances where it is really as painful as it is. It's meant, you know, maybe help with self control. I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> it doesn't make things. You know, it's not enjoyable. You know, but it. Uh, does she, do, 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 do the spouses need to shower more often during the day? <laughs> uh, it's, you know, I don't think there's really any solution for that. You just got to kind of grin and bear it. I don't know. We, uh, yeah, it, you know, <laughs> I, you know, hopefully there's merited suffering and that's just one of those things where you just become stronger because of it. And, you know, you can. So, so maybe the next evolution of natural family planning charting is there's some some app on your phone that you stick up and it can it can sense your wife's pheromone levels or whatever, and it's all processing that information to determine when she's fertile. And that's true. And uh, yeah, you know, and I think that it was just extra difficult for me because we're trapped in this car in traffic just sitting there and she looks so beautiful you know and uh 
you just have to sit there and just like look <laughs> and you know like there's just cars not moving in front of you so you just gotta look and you got kids in the back you know and but thankfully i think you know we're well we're past it window now your stuff <laughs> your suffering gave rise to a good episode here so we all we want you all to recognize jonah's suffering here we want you to subscribe to the channel and give us a like and if you can sense when your wife is ovulating we'd love to hear from you too or if you can't i don't know you know i just know that uh it's it's something that's tangible in, in our household i don't know we're just scientists here <clears throat> we're just trying to advance humanity so give us feedback we'll call that peer reviewed we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna review all this with our peers and, and provide feedback and we'll correct ourselves if we're later proven wrong for sure definitely so okay well, was there any other articles or any other no i think that was pretty much it well, that was kind of fun. Yeah. Yep. I just, I don't know. I just thought of your your episode last week and thought, yep, that's what's going on right here. All right. Well, thank you for your service, Jonah. Yep. <laughs> Until next time, everyone. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good one. <laughs>